imagine you're chasing something your entire life that you think is outside of yourself and you wake up one day and realize you simply had it within. It wasn't in money, marriage, accomplishments, or having babies. The fulfillment is reserved for those that are dangerous enough to find home within themselves. That is my goal here for you. I want you to redefine what rich looks like for you. I'm Jessica Hurley. Welcome to Rich in Real Life. Today, we have with us producer, entrepreneur, podcast, brilliant one, getting your word and your message out into the world, mom, Mom of a brilliant little boy, might we say, <laughs> Jessica Hurley. Ooh, thank you, Jessica. Thank Welcome, you. Jessica. Thank you, for Jessica, 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 Jessica. <laughs> we are thank so delighted. You. I am yeah. so excited to be here. This mm. is a blessing. Watching you, ladies, is a blessing. Watching oh. you in your space with your message, you can tell that this. You two are both walking so like intimately in your calling and what you're doing for people. This really matters. So I'm really excited and I feel blessed to be a part of it. We are so excited. And just y'all, Jessica is the producer of Yummy Podcast. And so she's usually on that side side of the the camera. camera. But we got her, We got her, we reeled her in. (laughs) So she's sitting here with us. So you know what yummy means, right? Your ultimate, most meaningful yet. What does it mean for Jessica? Wow. Okay, are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Yes. So I've had the blessing of sitting on the other side of this camera, so I've heard um, all of your conversations, and you said it early on, and it hit me so deeply. For me, my yummy is I'm not the dishwasher anymore. Mm. Um, I had a similar upbringing where my parents were both blue collar workers and it was like, you have to work three times as hard to get half. And it was like, that's not enough, that's not enough. Do more, show up more, people please more. You know, and it's not all, it it sounds good when we know how to work hard, but it's like, but that comes with insurmountable people pleasing, all of the things. And um, I did a a therapy session with an intuitive not too long ago and she was like, I was talking and she was like, stop. Why do you still think you're the dishwasher? Ooh. And That's I was yummy. like, That's yummy. and mm. I was like, I, and she was like, who, who else needs to be, pro- who are you proving to? Right. Everybody uh. sees you. They believe you. You're validated. Yes. Everybody wow. knows yeah. there's no one else that needs to validate you, but yeah. you, you're yeah. stuck on oh. being the dishwasher. Come from behind the back yes. and Ooh. walk out the front door. Yes. And I was like, yeah. okay. All right, oh, like I have goosebumps. I, like, oh, I mean, so I mean y'all can see it, but I literally oh. have goosebumps. It's me. Yeah, yeah. I'm like I'm the only person that's like, wait a minute, I I still got to work harder. I still need to no, do more. No, you're not the only one. That was yeah. me too. We, we, we've all been in that space, and sometimes Ooh. you can quickly get back there because every time mm. you're elevated to your next, first of all. Mm. God is here, he's back there, he's up in the front. Mm -hmm. But the thing that is so cool is recognizing he's always in the not yet, Mm. preparing for your arrival. Mm -hmm. The same way he's here, 
the same way he was there, yeah. he's ever present, mm -hmm. ever present. So it's kind of like when you know that, mm -hmm. what keeps you in the space of still feeling like the dishwasher, the dishwasher, like you still need one more person, mm -hmm. just one more. Mm hmm which we know is not truth because when that one more shows up, but, but I just need one more after the one more. Mm -hmm. Right. To say you're good. Right. Let me keep being humble. Let me keep being quiet. Let me keep working hard. Mm -hmm. Let me do this the hard, slow, tiring, dragging way mm -hmm. so that people can be like, oh, you did it the right way. Yeah. Like, who are you proving this to? People still believe, like, it's done. The work is done. You're validated. Yeah. You have proof. There's nothing left. But Jessica, where does that come from? Like, you, you've heard us talk about the roles we play as a child to get affirmation from our circle of influence, the people yeah. that love us and care for us or just care for us or take care of us, right? Um, we play the role of the brilliant one, the caretaker, the sickly one, yeah. or the destructive one, right? Where did it come from for you? Who were you as a child? And how did you learn to be the dishwasher? So I think one of you said it early on, I think I started out as the caretaker, mm. and then I transitioned into the brilliant one. Yeah. Mm. And the caretaker was, um, you know, and I've had to talk about this on a lot of podcast episodes because I've done a lot of EMDR, therapy, hypnosis. I have done it all mm. <laughs> and had to go back to those things. And it's so important that you do. I know everyone's like, don't mm -hmm. look in the rear view mirror. No, there, stop. Go look back. You have to. Right. You absolutely have to to understand have to the understand. life. The, the lens yes. in which you live your life through is not necessarily you. You guys talk about removing the mask. mask? Yeah. You have a, a lens that you live your life through that is based on your previous trauma. And if you don't go back and address that, it will come from the bottom of your feet and meet you in the mirror every day. Yep. You better preach. So you, bet, sure. you have to go back. Yeah. And one of the things I learned was I was the caretaker because my father was an alcoholic mm -hmm. so every day it was go get your dad off the couch go mm -hmm. take him to the bedroom when I was little yeah. so I would have I'd let him put his hands on my shoulders and I'd walk him down the hallway mm -hmm. to bed and tell him good night and tuck him in because mm. he would drink as himself a child you were the adult yeah right I was correct and then and they were still good parents mm -hmm. right. that's the craziest part and another mm -hmm. part of your grief people don't talk about this part is like you have to find grace and that your parents did the best that they could. Yes. And that they were human. They, they were, were human. Having a human yes. experience. Correct. Yes. And loving you from their own limiting beliefs, their own self-sabotage. They're doing the best. They only know what they know. They don't know what they don't know. When I learned what my father had been through as a child, mm. I was like, you know what? You did damn good. Yeah. You did good. Like when I found out how he lost his mom at 17 mm -hmm. and all that, I was like, oh, you did the best you could. Like yeah. you actually, like, I, I can celebrate you yeah. for what, what you did. You did what you could with what you had. Yeah. And I can still call my pain my pain mm -hmm. and not denounce you as a parent. Yeah. And not abandon my love for you as a parent. Mm calling my pain my pain mm, and mm. being clear-headed enough to say oh my foot hurts let me go figure out how to shift this yeah. so that i don't bequeath 
big word mm-hmm. and give you an inheritance mm-hmm. of something that they didn't want to give me. Mm-hmm. I always know when people are talking as they start going through this journey and they'll say like, well, I tried telling my mom or my dad, you know, what they did and they they don't understand and they don't hear me. And I'm like, you, you have so much more left to do. Yeah. yeah. Because trying to, you know, inform them and get them to apologize is not the mission and not the journey. You're stuck. That means you're stuck in the middle of this processing yeah. right now. Yeah. The other side is being able to look at them and be like, wow, I understand. I get it. Yeah. I have perspective now. The journey of healing around your parents is perspective and understanding. Oh. It's surrendering to, I understand what happened to me. Mm-hmm. I understand who I am and why I am who I am mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And I thank you for this journey. And I can look at y'all and have so much grace. If you're oh. looking for an apology, you've already gone up the wrong street. Man, you know what did that for me? That perspective, what gave me that perspective is being a mother. And mm-hmm. a mother of adults. Yes. Right. Oh, I'm like, not there yet. Oh, girl, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's another Mine experience. Talk back, I can. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. So when when they're little, you know, it's do as I say, right? Not as, as I, I do, do. Right. right? And then when they become adults, there's a shift that has to take place where you see them as these are grown people, right? And you have that exchange. And for me, it was a transformation of, okay, so how do I mother these adults, right? They're not my little kids anymore. And explaining and sharing to them because I thought I should have got an award for parenting. <laughs> right. Okay. Mother of I the year. I was mother of the year. Mm-hmm. I did everything that I wish my mom and dad would have done for me, right? I gave them more than what was given to me. So I tried to give the best of what my parents gave me plus multiply right. it. Yeah. However, my experience and their experience was different. Mm-hmm. And it's not about my experience, it's about their experience and and talking to them from one adult to another adult and saying, I did the best that I could with what I had, right? I never would, I had no intention to harm you. Mm -hmm. My intention was always to love you, provide the best, but some of the decisions I made as a woman, trying to care for my own needs, in relationships. Mm. Some of the decisions I made as a woman trying to grow in corporate America, in business, and the priorities that I may have made that did not always prioritize my children. That. Right? That hard worker mentality that said, I've gotta be there till 10 o'clock at night when I came in at seven o'clock in the morning. Hold on. Listen, one time I was a year and a half ago, I was at a conference in Mexico. I had paid all this money to go to a big, massive conference and I'm sitting in the audience and they do this meditation and I'm in the meditation and I'm like, God, what's my next offer? Like, what's my next thing? Like this, like the podcast stuff is there, but it's not taking off yet. Like I'm not making enough money. Like I'm not talking enough. Like how, how should I be talking? How should I be showing up? What's the next offer? And I'm like sitting there and I'm like, I got 30 minutes. I know I can come up with something. That's why I'm here. I am in, I am intentional about this outcome. I'm in this meditation. I'm like, God, I've given you my intentions. Tell me the thing and I'll be damned. This is what I heard. Clear as day. Don't you go looking for another single stranger to help until you use these resources to help your son. Ooh. Mm. 
And I was like, Ooh. <laughs> oh, that's the yummy. That's Got yummy. it. I was like, I'm literally looking for more time to sacrifice, yeah. to help someone else I don't know. When God gave me this human yeah. and I'm like, next month, next week, yeah. mommy's gotta go to this thing. Not right now. Oh, yeah. you're too young to understand. Like yeah. I heard like, no, go pour your resources into your child and mm. I will give you the resources you need Ooh. to do the mm. things that you're trying to do, but you're focused on the wrong thing. Yeah. And I was like, Okay. And that's so Ooh, powerful that's so and yummy because we as parents, we are, you're trying to do the best and you're doing what you're doing so that you can provide for them. So you can give them the world so that they can have opportunities. But we miss the present, which mm -hmm. is the real gift. Mm -hmm. The present. They don't care about nothing else. They don't care. <laughs> Listen. You but let's, let's be fair, right? Mm. When you're a kid... You recognize the drama, but you don't recognize the trauma. Oh, mm. yes. There's a difference. Mm -hmm. Yes. You see how mm. your consistency mm. is shifted. You see where the security feels like it's been breached. Yeah. You see mm -hmm. who's in the room, mm -hmm. who's not in the room, mm -hmm. who shifts the dynamic of the room. Mm -hmm. you, you see all of that. So the drama of the scene is being played out for you. Mm -hmm. But as a kid, you don't know what you're ingesting. Listen. Mm. You Listen. don't know what, what the trauma, you don't know the trauma that's coming in. You're just watching it all play out. Yeah. Unfold. Yeah. yeah. Listen. And in 2021, I went through a um, separation from my son's father, seven year relationship, mm. thought we were engaged, all the things. And I'm navigating this for 10 months, thinking I am doing the work. Mm -hmm. I'm going to therapy. I'm meddling through. I'm also keeping the peace. So I'm doing an incredible job at publicly showing up, AKA I'm suppressing incredibly well. Oh, right? say that. Good job, Jessica. Mm -hmm. I am being, <laughs> I, I am hurt, right. but I am being kind to everyone, right. damn it. Right. So right. I am being Pressing very kind. I am playing public figure wearing a mask yeah. mm -hmm. in front of everyone and mm -hmm. I'm doing a damn good job. Mm -hmm. And one day my three-year-old, he's three going through all of this and I'm thinking, he doesn't know much. We're keeping it from him. I'm keeping it from him. I'm not showing him my emotions. I'm not breaking down. I'm not crying. I'm not falling apart mm. in front of him because he's three and he doesn't need to see this, right? That's mm -hmm. what we say. So I go, I pull up to daycare one morning and I unbuckle the seatbelt and I'm on the phone and I literally unbuckle the seatbelt and he jumps out and jets into the middle of a highway. And I throw the phone down. I run out in the highway. I snatch him up. Thank God. I grab him. I throw him up against the wall and I'm crying. And I'm like, why would you do that? And he just starts screaming and crying. And he's like, mommy, I'm so angry. I'm so angry. I don't know I'm angry. So I calm him down. Three. I calm him down. I take him into daycare. It's a whole hour thing. I get back in the car. I'm, I bust out crying. And I'm like, so I start that logical brain gets to working. So I call my therapist and I'm like, okay, <laughs> here's how the morning went. Here's the breakdown before that. Here's what happened the night before. Here's what he ate for dinner. And she's just quiet listening. And she's like, she kind of giggles. She's like, hmm. 
so you think this is something that happened this morning? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, am I enabling him? Like, what did I do? She goes, um, with all that you're going through, you don't wish you could just be really angry, scream and run away. And I was like, yeah, I would. She was like, I, I'm, I know you're everything that you're holding on to and suppressing. Your son can feel that. Yeah. And it's transferring. It's transferring. That energy because is transferable. Energy is yeah. transferable. She said, so you're not dealing with it and you think you're doing him a favor, oh. but he is dealing with it. So you gonna have to actually deal with it. Yeah. Ooh. And I was like, shit. Man. So oops, upside the head. Right. right. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm doing him a favor. By hiding all of this. And he's seeing it and all. And dealing with it in silence. He's feeling it. It's like the joke. Dogs yeah. are like kids. They know everybody. They're so intuitive. We take that away from them. Yeah. He knew what I was going through. He could feel what I was going through. He was wow. experiencing what I was going through without me even being willing to show it. And so these yeah. things are unavoidable. They will meet you in the mirror yeah. if you do not work with them. You know, one of the things that is so yummy, when you're doing your work, and you are moving in this space of, mm -hmm. I don't just want what's good. I don't just want what's okay. I don't want what somebody else has. I want my yummy. Mm -hmm. I want my ultimate most meaningful yet. Mm -hmm. It's when you figure out the thing that you've been fearing forever mm -hmm. is blessing you. That thing that says, you can feel that, mm -hmm. you can feel. We spend so much time trying not to feel. Yeah. Our parents, in so many ways, we love them. They have this job often, I don't want you to feel pain. Mm. I don't want you to feel disappointment. Suck it up. I don't want, you know, right? And, and, Stop crying. And it's you like, just whoop me. Continuum, right? It's like this, this crazy continuum. On one side, they don't want you to feel any of the bad stuff. Yeah. Then on the other side, they're like, you can't feel. Mm. But if you can't feel, you're not human. Yeah, you're not living. It's it's mm -hmm. it's such an oxymoron. So when you recognize, oh, wait a minute, hold up, I felt that. It's mm. like, oh, I felt that. Mm. I I I can feel that, mm -hmm. which now means mm -hmm. I'm getting a new lexicon. I'm getting a new mm -hmm. language. Mm -hmm. I'm getting a new piece of information. Mm -hmm that a whole bunch of people have tried to mm. protect me from, but until I can feel, mm -hmm. I can't really live this experience called my yummy. I can't do it numb. Mm -hmm. I can't do it avoidant. Mm -hmm. I can't do it not present. Mm -hmm. I can't do it not authentic. Yeah. I gotta be able to tap in and say, damn, that hurts. Yeah. What, what now? And the, and the powerful thing about his reaction is at three, he didn't have all the layers you yes. have, mm -mm. right? Mm -hmm. He didn't know how to press the override button. Mm -mm. It was just 
he my out of control emotions yeah. presented to me through him my yeah. mirror it's, yeah. it just presented everything that you're yeah. trying to control yeah. here's a human that can't control their or regulate their emotions wow. so they're just boom you get to see everything front row and center but oh to be able to process it like a three-year-old <laughs> Tell me, tell me without Ooh. telling me you've never had a tantrum. Right. Because I know yeah. I've had a five-year-old okay. tantrum. I know it. I'm like, who is this showing up right now? <laughs> Why am I acting like a child? Oh, and that's yeah. some of, those are some things I process through EMDR. And the yeah. thing is, the fact that you're able to process that, do your work, call your therapist, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm feel what you feel, recognize what he's feeling and be able to meet him yeah. where he is, is a blessing. Because if you don't deal with it at three, you'll deal with it at 30 in a, a 30 year old body with a and three year old mind. And it is, it's, it's something that, like I said, as a, a mother learning to parent adults, it's like wow, you yeah. when they if, when they give me a scenario that I saw one way, they saw it completely different. It's like wow, and it really made me appreciate my mother's experience, right? Mm -hmm. Because my mom had a very hard upbringing, a very hard upbringing in the segregated South. Her parents weren't together. Her father remarried, kept the children from the first marriage. And then the children from the second marriage, they loved and adored. But my mother and her siblings were the ones that had to take care of the children from the second marriage. And so she and she was the youngest of the children from the first marriage. So she got it all because as the older ones right. got grown, they left. So she got it all. So she had a very hard upbringing and she wasn't loved well. Mm. And so she loved me with everything she had, but it wasn't enough sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I didn't always feel that um, she saw me and when I talk to my children and I look at my children, part of my work is to realize that even though um, I did the best I could, it may have not been enough. And there's still work that has to be done. And people who are, are really trying to live this yummy life realize we never stop learning. Yeah. We never stop, you know, we never stop learning. At 52, I'm learning new things that I didn't know when they were little kids. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But you, you know what's cool though? You know, I, I think about when it's not enough for the container, but the provider gave all that they had. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I love mini soda, mm -hmm. the little can. And I think <laughs> about, cause, cause I always feel like, you know, it's little so I can finish the whole thing. I won't leave it somewhere. But that analogy is coming to me of being a parent who has a big container child. Mm. That child who is, is gifted, mm -hmm. that child who's inquisitive, they're just, a, a wonderful expansion mm -hmm. of who you are. Mm -hmm. And all you've got, like you, you got a full mini container of soda. And the more you try to pour everything in that container, 
into the next container, which is your child, mm -hmm. they're a 12-ounce bottle. Mm. You may only have four. six or four <laughs> ounces. Yes. You're pouring everything, but they're just legitimately a bigger container. But the powerful thing is recognizing on both parts, yes. right? Like yes. now I see it as a daughter and I see it as a mother, yes. right? And I can see the difference. So I'm like, oh, now I recognize my mom only had eight ounces right. and I'm a 12 ounce right. and my kids are 16 ounces. <laughs> that's, a, that's, the, that's the beauty of generational that's the legacy. That's the yes. beauty of it. And understanding and having the, the ability to receive that mom, I'm still missing four ounces. And you're like, instead of taking that and being, um, you know, judgmental or defensive or you know feeling like it's critique saying wow you know i know that i gave all 12 ounces that i had i know that i did so god where's the other four? Oh, i just had an epiphany though <laughs> come on holy spirit <laughs> come on there's supposed to be a deficit Mm. Because if you can fill them all the way to the brim, ooh, what's left for God to do? Mm. What's left? Mm. So as we as adult children were saying, you didn't give me enough. Mm. It's not to let anybody off the hook. Ooh. It's not to let anybody off the hook. But when you're a bigger vessel, because of the generational yes. blessing that has come forth. Mm -hmm. Even if I give you everything, you are supposed to be at a deficit because mm. I'm not your source. Yes. I'm still your resource. Mm, even as a mother. Even as a mother, mm. even as a father, even as a grandparent. Yes. If I give you everything, you still supposed to come up short. Right, because you gotta have your own relationship you gotta have with the your source. Own relationship. Yes. You gotta be able to I go can't do it for you. And say, now listen. If I give you everything, you have no space. You have no space. And, and, and so you're like, this is all for my kid. I got 10 ounces, they're getting 10 ounces. Mm -hmm. They're gonna be strategically a 12 ounce vessel. Yes. Strategically, you're yes. not gonna be able to give them enough. And it's so it's so powerful that we're having this conversation mm -hmm. because there are people, right, yeah. stuck in my parents didn't give me enough. Yeah, I didn't have enough, and they're stuck in that trauma. Like you say, your father was an alcoholic, so was mine. Mm -hmm. We can be stuck in that trauma and not being able to forgive and not being able to grow and not being able to move on or we can do the work and you have clearly done the work yeah. right all of the different things you listed you're going to therapy and you're doing mdr yeah. and all those things is doing our work and those things have all brought you closer to the source absolutely it's all been listen romans 8 28 mm. and we know all, all things, things work together 
for the good of those who serve the Lord and are called according to his purpose. But it goes on to say, and those who are called are fortified and they are justified. justified. Yeah. It's a process. Yes. Right? It's right. a process. So I love that you said that, right? You, we can't give them everything. And when we try to give them everything, we create monsters sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, this sounds like an enabled, yes. enabled child to me. Like, right. I, no, he needs space. And it's on, on a child level to me, it's the equivalent of like, I stopped trying to solve things for him. Mm-hmm. I've already seen it where like, he's very sensitive. And so I give him the space to process. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and the difference of like me saying, why are you crying? Or what is going on? Or saying things like stuff I got from my parents, like, well, you're not hurt and mm-hmm. you're not bleeding. Why are you crying? Versus me coming in there and saying, what do you feel right now? Use your words. And he says, I'm angry and I'm mad and I'm sad. And I say, okay, well, you're allowed to feel that way. And I'm gonna sit here with you. And if you need me, let me know. And I want you to have the space to figure out how am I gonna regulate this? And then he'll, I'll let him sit there for a minute. I'm like, do you need a hug? Do you want a hug? No. And then he'll go around and kind of figure out his ways. And then he comes back around. I need to give him the space to yeah. figure that out on his own. And it's the same thing. You've got to give them space to, to have another source, yeah. to use their resources. Like yeah. I can't be everything to him. We can't be everything to anyone. Yeah. There's no one but one who is everything to everyone. Yeah. It's not us. Yeah. But but the the ability to have compassion Sometimes it's interesting that we let other people dictate how much compassion we deserve, Mm. whether that's your children, whether that's your parents, because a lot of people struggle with conversations with their parents when they're an adult. They're no Mm. longer a child. They're that person's child but they're no longer a child. So the two sides of the coin become challenging. One is being able to acknowledge your adult child's experience, Mm -hmm. because often where you are in having done the work, Mm -hmm. they were not there. They didn't have the tools. Mm -hmm. So now you've got this 40-year-old adult or this 50-year-old adult that is saying, when you talk to me like that, here's what it produces. Here's how I feel. Here's how I receive it. And they're like, I've been talking that way for 40 years. Mm-hmm. And you never said anything. I've been telling you to shut up. I've been up. telling you to shut up <laughs> mm-hmm. for 40 years. You mm-hmm. never said anything. Mm-hmm. But now that awakening, mm-hmm. that yummy mm-hmm. is coming forward where they're like, that's not God's best for me. Mm-hmm. I can love you and and share with you that my feelings are not being honored by this type of conversation. Mm-hmm. But then being able to say, and if that's all they can offer me as my parent in this moment, mm-hmm. I still got to do my work to fill this vessel. God, me and you got to fill this deficit. That's what I learned. The most valuable thing I learned is it was like I started playing this game with myself. Any ugly trigger is a beautiful invitation. Ooh, and so, say that, say that one more time. That's good. I, for the viewers and the listeners. <laughs> Your 
any ugly trigger is a beautiful invitation. Ooh. Your your invitations to change and transform come in really ugly packages. Yeah. And so it's like any time I was triggered by anything related to my parents or my child, I would stop what I was doing and I'm like, I would either call my therapist or my intuitive or I would just journal it out and I'm like, what in me feels so childlike right now? Yeah. And what is coming up? What is what mm -hmm. am I screaming for? And then in this, because we go to victimization and blame and mm -hmm. all of these things, and this comes later in the work, but what do I need? How can I take radical self-responsibility in this moment mm -hmm. and figure out what does this child in me need? need. What do I need in this moment? What yeah. am I craving? What am I mm, yeah. what am I bound by mm, right yeah. now? Yeah. Something that feeling like I can't use my voice, feeling like I'm being spoken down to, mm -hmm. feeling like I'm unworthy. When you figure out your, let me tell you something, when you figure out what your negative cognition is, it will mess up your whole life. There's a story that every single one of us oh, have yeah. told oh, yeah. and it is literally like a before and after moment in your life. Yeah. And some people have several, some people have one. Yeah. And when I found out what mine was, when that woman said that phrase to me, I can still, not anymore, but for a year straight, if someone said that phrase to me, I would drop down crying immediately. Wow. When she made me realize that my negative cognition was, I don't matter. Ooh. I was like, I have moved in that and everything in my life and everything that I have ever done. Yeah. I've been trying to prove to folks, strangers, mm. people on the internet, my parents, my child, my partners, that I do matter. Right. When the reality is, is I don't think I matter. Right. So how do I take radical self-responsibility and figuring out every time I have a tantrum, what am I trying to prove and how can I reassure and bring light back into myself yeah. that I do indeed matter? Ooh, yeah. How? And what are those steps? And what does this look like? My journey for the last two years is how do you realize and validate to yourself on the daily that you in fact do matter right. so that no one can put you in question, not your parents, mm. not your kid, not your partner, not whomever. No one can make you question your worth, which was all rooted in I don't matter, which came from something when I was five years old. Yeah. And for anybody listening, a hypnotist explained this to me one time because there are so many people that are, I do episodes like this all the time and people come and they're like, I'm done with the past. I'm not pressed about something mm -hmm. that happened to me when I was three years old. The best way I can explain this to someone is the way she explained it to me. She said, everyone thinks the past is the past. She was like, who's your, uh, who's your first boyfriend? And I was like, first? She's like, yes, I don't know, some boy, Said his well, name hey, mm -hmm. in the coat closet, kindergarten. Right. She was like, "Oh, in what, what happened?" I said, "Well, we kissed under the table, and it was a couple of weeks." And she was like, "We were both laughing." She's like, "Why are you laughing?" And I was like, "Um, I don't know, because it's funny." And she's like, "Well, why are y'all not together anymore?" I said, "Well, because we're not together anymore." Like I was five, I was five. and she's like, "Well, why aren't you hurt?" And I said, well, he went and got a, he had another girlfriend and more girlfriends. He's married now. I know my Facebook. <laughs> right, and she was right. like, she's like, well, why is that? Why does that hurt you? And I said, I don't know. And she's like, because you have forgiven him, because you have empathized, because you understand, and because your mind has said, I can take radical responsibility. And he wasn't the one. He's not for me. And yeah. it's okay. Yeah. She said, and you were five, six. And I said, yeah. And she's like, well, how old were you when this happened between? your mom and your dad. And I was like, four. And she's like, so how come when I bring this up, every time we talk about this, you cry? 
And I was like, and she said, because the moment that that happened, the fear that you were sitting in out of survival, you suppress that emotion mm. to survive in that moment. Wow. And so unlike the memory with your first boyfriend who you have been able to remove, it's not about time. It's about how you process the unregulated emotion. Yes, right. And so the fear still lives in your body. Mm. You still operate in that mm. emotion. You live your life through a lens that literally thinks you don't matter because of that moment, because you said, I'm either gonna fight, flight, you know, fight or flight. Or flight. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so in survival, you push that emotion down and it still lives inside of your body. Wow. I'm telling you, if you don't figure out how to let those things come to the surface, and I've done therapy with multiple mastermind groups for women, and they always say, I, I wanna do the work, but when I start, it feels like there's a dark cloud over me. Mm -hmm. yeah. I gotta tell you, that shit is inevitable. Yeah, It is inevitable. You have to be willing to, like you said, let this stuff bubble up and surface, Yeah, see it, read it, rip it up, shred it, rewrite it. And in that process, it's going to have to sit passenger. Yeah, And yeah. you'll have to put it in a seatbelt yep. and be like, you can ride, but you can't drive. Yeah. But here's what's so yummy about everything that you're saying. We really, as human beings, think that we're really repressing things and we've got it under control and mm -hmm. we're not being affected. Mm -hmm. But there are so many mm -hmm. signs of our past that show up in our present mm -hmm. on a regular mm -hmm. basis mm -hmm. saying, mm -hmm. I will not be ignored. I will not be put in a, in a child seat. Right? Mm -hmm. You are <laughs> not gonna act like I don't exist. Mm -hmm. So when you are in that state where you're in a marriage mm -hmm. and you shut down every time something feels like an attack, it doesn't have to be an attack. It could have mm -hmm. just been good morning, mm -hmm. but it felt like an attack. Mm -hmm. That's your past being fully in your present mm -hmm. and conning you into thinking that you're able to be passive because we don't believe in passivity. Mm -hmm. It's an illusion. Yeah. Everything that you're not doing is doing something about what you don't want to do something about. Correct. <laughs> Period. Mm -hmm. So you might as well at some point be able to say, the first girl that I love, she left me because she was like, you don't have any feelings. You don't have any compassion. You always abandon me. Whenever we have a conversation, you leave. Then the second girl that you were dating because you villainized her. And now you're with the second girl and you're like, eh, you know, I don't really like her that much, but you know, she's cute. Let's rock with it. Now you're in your late twenties mm -hmm. and she has a similar complaint, but it shows up in some different kind of words. Mm -hmm. She says things like, you don't talk to me. You don't, you don't ever talk to me. Her language is a little different from the first girl, but it's the same message. Mm -hmm. Now you're with your wife and she's like, you shut me out. Mm -hmm. And if your only conclusion is, mm. this is just what it is, mm. you have played your soul small. Mm. 
because what it is, is what you make it. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. When people say it is what it is, it grinds my last nerve because I'm like, it ain't just it's it not. is what it is. Mm-hmm. It is you are co-creating what is. And even when you think you're not making a decision, you're, you're making, making a, a decision. decision. Who are you and what are you right now that is allowing you to attract all the things that you don't like? It is always and forever mm. on you. Mm. Yeah. Like I was in a breathwork session the other day. It was, I was in a breathwork session the other day and it's funny, breathwork will take you somewhere that you didn't think you were going. I'm in a breathwork session the other day and all of a sudden I see blue water and I'm like, what is this blue water? Why are we at the beach? And then I'm like, oh, this is the wedding I was supposed to have. Mm. I see everything I picked out. Mm. I see the chairs, I see the guests and I'm like, oh, I'd never grieved this. Mm. And then I immediately like, then I go right into this place where I hear myself, this very sarcastic voice. When I'm when I'm in meditations and breath work, I am very sarcastic. So I hear my voice say to me, well, you did it friend. You did it, you are tough as nails. Mm. Nobody can hurt you. But because of that, no one can love you. Oh, yeah. So how yeah. does that feel? Mm. Yeah. How's that working out for you? Mm. And I'm like, and then I'm talking to my therapist and she's like, don't you come at me with all these men that you've attracted lately that are that are non-committal that you're chasing. Ooh. You don't want love right now. Mm. You are too scared of it. Mm. And I'm like, so I've got nothing to victimize. There is no victimization in this. The question always begins with who are you and what are you right now? And what mentality and story are you living in that is allowing you to attract everything, whether it be money, business, partners, friendships, network, community, all the things that are allowing you to attract the things that you don't want. Ooh, why? That's so yummy. And and sis, the yummy of being able to say, we have a shirt that says, I am the guarantee. Mm. I am the guarantee. None of our stuff is ego. It means something. Mm-hmm. Because when you recognize you are the earthly solution that you've been looking for. It's all. You've been looking for it everywhere. Mm-hmm. You, you've purchased solutions. You've got so much false solution to meet real needs that mm-hmm. you can write a book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the right? truth. You, you're like, the false solutions that I've sought after, paid for to meet a real need, and it did not meet the need. Oh my God, and I'm what I've been looking for the whole time. And in that guarantee, because you've done a lot of self work, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes we see people in our in our business that they'll make the investment of money, but not themselves themselves yeah. correct right? so it's like i'll pay i'll get a therapist i'll get a coach i'll do and then they like all right fix it fix, fix it. it no 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 this is not We're a service-based business this is not a, <laughs> you have to do the work money is not gonna fix it correct you have to show up for you right that's when the change happens and and the nerve can we talk about something yes mm. the nerve You've been struggling for 36 years and you want to come in a 50 minute session and throw it in our lap. And throw it in my lap. <laughs> and be like, now sir, now you sir, that that. And give it back to me in a pretty yeah. bow wrapped up. In a box. In a box. <laughs> and then the nerve for you to go 
and say to someone else who also needs support, oh, I, I did coaching. It didn't work for me. With your two session sell. Right. <laughs> right. With your two, with your two session, session sell. Well, people oh, pay I for, did therapy. People yes. pay, pay for business outcomes when they need therapy. Yeah. People, Baby, could you say that <laughs> one more time? Let me say it differently. Baby. <laughs> Can you say that one more time? People pay and ridiculous amounts of money mm-hmm. looking for business solutions yeah. when they need therapy. Yeah. You need yes. you you need the opportunity. When the problem comes out, I'm like, oh, so mm. you need therapy. You right. Are, you, it, yeah, you, you don't, don't want, want the business solution. You, you really want therapy. You want mm-hmm. therapy. Because mm-hmm. you what want... you said cannot be fixed with a couple dollars. <laughs> right. right. It is a mirror. Yeah. You got some things to handle. Yes. Trunk full. Trunk full of bricks. Mm-hmm. Bad tires on the ground. But wait a minute. <laughs> Front end of the car. But wait a minute. Like this. But wait a minute. I don't have time. Right. I need to make more money. Yeah. I need things to work first. Yes. yes. When the people don't realize what I didn't realize is healed is not healed with an ED. If mm. you're looking for an outcome on your journey, you've done it all wrong. It's simply about surrender. Yeah. Oh my. Over and over and over, over again. Oh because I do the work and I, I have the audacity every time. Let me tell you, any place that I'm speaking from is never that I'm like, I have done it, I am here and I have arrived. Bullshit, sorry, I cuss in the same sentence. <laughs> Bullshit, <laughs> yeah. I literally do the work Five months, I'm like, I'm great, I'm floating, I feel good, I know who I am, I'm there. And then boom, landmine. And I'm like, wait a minute, what happened? And then it's like, take your butt back. Yeah. Because it's not that you're going back and forth. It's not that you are mm. regressing. It's yeah. that there are new landmines, new curves, yes. new things, and each one of these ugly triggers is an invitation for you to evolve more. Yeah. And people don't see it that way. They're like, but I already did the work. I already did the thing. I already went to the thing. Don't, isn't this journey about evolution? Yeah. But you don't, let me tell you, you don't have to see it. You don't have to see it. Life is going to show you better than anybody can tell you. Mm-hmm. Oh, the lessons that it has for you until you complete that assignment. Keep going. Get ready for the merry-go-round. Yeah. And I love merry-go-rounds actually. I think they're just cool little rides because they're metaphoric. I think God likes me on them too. But mm-hmm. after a while, <laughs> right? You got to recognize you you see in the same before. thing. Wait, every time. This was my favorite merry-go-round recently. I realized I was on a merry-go-round. I was like, God, thank you. I would like to get off now. Yeah. Because this is the best part. People think, well, that's only happened in my business. And then they're like, well, no, it's only happening in my personal life. Mm. And once I fix that, no, no, it's transferable. Oh, yeah, Ooh. baby. It's transferable. Oh, yes. My most recent one was like in business. And I was like, like, I realized like you can't, what, what's the, you can't get here or what was it? Oh, everything that you've done to get here will become a liability at scale. Ooh, so it was like yes. the hustle that got you here yes. is now a liability. Yeah. You're yes. trying to hustle and grind and do things the way by that you, yourself, by yourself the way that you team. did. That's yes. right. And you're like, why am I running into so many problems? Why is it so hard? Because mm-hmm. you can't get there doing this. It got you here. You stop here. You've got to you evolve. Get off, and now you've got to evolve. And then I'm like, well, that's my business problem because I got a money mindset problem, blah, blah, blah. Then I go over to my personal life and I'm on this merry-go-round and I'm like, Oh shit, I was doing this when I was 16, which is like, you can't w- live the way that God has your life set up. You can't live one way by, by day and another by night and expect substantial results. Woo, right. 
You can't go do True. X, Y, and Z. And God was like, I already showed you your purpose three times. Matter of fact, I feel like I keep pulling you by the back of the shirt uh -huh. and turning you out of the corner. And I'm like, that one. Mm -hmm. right. mm -hmm. And here you go doing weird stuff. <laughs> right. People that you ain't got right. no, no business. business. Right. Doing, you giving access to folks and all of a sudden you go that way. And, right. and, and what did God go? Go ahead. Go ahead, Jessica. Yes. Right. I'll be here with you. Let you do what you do. You. And it's cheap. Do you the ride right is cheap. You can ride it as many times yes. as you want. Go ahead. Yeah. You got a black car for the merry-go-round. <laughs> but you just go keep flopping back and forth in yes. your business and your personal life where, oh, for some reason. And then you go, and then I go to a therapist or a friend or something. I have the audacity to be like, well, I'm just stuck. Duh. Well, of course you're stuck. Mm -hmm. well, you're we, on a damn merry-go-round. <laughs> well, we challenge yeah. that and we raise you big bank, beat little bank. <laughs> okay? <laughs> we challenge you mm. because you cannot claim stuck mm -hmm. unless you have evidence of movement. Oof. So what we do, because we think we can art smart any and everybody, including ourselves. Mm -hmm. We say, I'm just stuck. And folk like Crystal and I say, okay, we stuck. Yeah, we stuck. Okay, we stuck. When was the last time you tried to move? And it's like deer in the headlights most of the time mm -hmm. because people then just look and they're like, huh, ask me again. And the question then is, what is your evidence? A not in a movement mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. failed you. Mm -hmm. Right. What is your evidence? Mm -hmm. I tried this, I tried this, I tried this, I tried this, it still ended me up here. What is your evidence of that? And they're like, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't have that. Okay, so you're not stuck, my love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're refusing to move. You're just reliving the chaos. That's it. I think that is a great place to leave our listeners and our viewers mm, with a mm. question. Are you stuck or refusing to move? Mm. Y'all, that is another episode of Rich in Real Life. If this episode filled you the way it filled me, tag me while you are listening at Jessica Hurley underscore so I can say hello, share this with a friend or someone in your network who you know is in need. And please don't forget to write a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening platform because it helps us continue to spread the message. And if you want more from me, Rich in Real Life, or any of the other conscious creators that we work with inside Epic Media Network, head over to epic.co for more. Until then, I will catch y'all next week on another episode of Rich in Real Life.